Welcome to the Avenue Podcast, created and produced by Avenue Media. Join our discussions with the construction industry leaders to learn more about the state of the industry, current events, challenges, and the solutions that we can provide as a community. Today on the Avenue Podcast, we'll be welcoming Jeff Jackson from PGT Innovations. It's one of the biggest local employers and a publicly traded company right here in Venice, Florida. It's a pleasure having you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So tell us a little bit more about yourself for those that may not know or at least be fully aware of the scale of PGTI. How did you come to be? And tell us a little bit more about the company. Sure, great question. I get that asked often, actually. Uh, You you know, when I came here in 2005, uh, our sales were about $350 million. Uh, Just to put it in perspective, uh, this year they're going to be about $1.2 billion. Wow. Wow. Uh, We had about uh, a couple thousand people. Now we have about 5,500 company-wide and almost 2,700 just here in Venice. And we are the largest employer in the county outside government. Mm -hmm. We're the largest private employer, which we're kind of proud of. Uh, Amazing. We think we provide a great place to work. Uh, we think we provide incredible benefits. We we push family, quite frankly, uh, even though we've grown tremendously. Uh, and we're in our 42nd year uh, wow. anniversary uh, this this coming year. Uh, even though we've grown tremendously, we still believe in the family atmosphere and, and really pushing those values uh, throughout the company mm-hmm. and what we do from uh, offering benefits to salaries to time off to vacations to even how we have a diversified workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really believe in uh, team and each other. So, And that's evidenced by you even opened a childcare facility for your um, employees, correct? Yes, we actually did. Uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, you know, you try to identify those uh, strains on a, on a budget, yeah. well, you know, when you're growing up. And uh, even though I'm now 55, you know, at one point, uh, you know, childcare was an issue for us uh, as personally, and, and that's as it is for most. Uh, so you think childcare, so we opened a childcare center. The other thing I did, I had to pay my way through college. So college was always a strain on, on my family. And uh, so we opened up, uh, or we have a Bright Future Scholarship here at PGT. So what we also do is offer $1,000 per year per child. Wow. Uh, as long as they continue higher education. And we don't limit that just to college. We actually do that across the board so that they can go to trade school. Oh, that's you amazing. Know, they can go become a mechanic or, you know, a hairdresser or you know, an accountant like, like myself. We don't care as long as they further that education after high school. And we'll pay for it as long as they're there. So that's, again, you got to think of the, you know, the major costs that impact people. Mm-hmm. Uh, child care, health care is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an on-site health care clinic here in Venice. We needed our other facilities. I'm going to have to figure out how to do that eventually. <laughs> but 2,700 of our 5,500 folks are here in Venice. And we have a free healthcare clinic that their families can come to free of charge. That's amazing. Uh, anytime. And where we have an on-site nurse and a physician's assistant. And we also give out uh, medicines uh, as, as needed for prescription. Mm-hmm. It's also free. Uh, so we do medical. We do child care. We do college funds. Uh, we try to hit it all, the, the expenses that really impact, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the average family. That's phenomenal. That's not just um, part of a budgetary consideration for a family, but also quality of life. I mean, that's just so true to your mission of protecting families. Yes, it is, definitely. Uh, if you think about having your child literally able to stay, from, you know, not even a half a mile up the road, yeah. uh, you know, I, look, I'm blessed also by a board. I couldn't do this without a great board of directors when I came to them and said, hey, I want to build a child care facility. I'm going to take $4 million of the shareholder money, if you will, and, and you know, build a child care facility. You know, they had to agree to that. Yeah. And so they saw the vision of protecting our folks, family, team atmosphere. 
and uh, and definitely signed off on that. So yeah, it does provide a convenience. Uh, you know, when you're working here, if something happens, you can literally uh, you know drive down the road a half a mile and, and see your kid. That is amazing, and I bet a bunch, a bunch of your employees probably do that even at lunch. No, just I'm pop sure in on the kids. Do. I would if I could. I would too. <laughs> you know, that is phenomenal. Definitely. So you not only support your um, the local economy, your employees, but you support the construction industry. You have been a longtime GCBX member, one of our first Keystone members, and your employees have even been our volunteers of the year. So I definitely want to take a moment to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And, and as you and I were talking at the beginning, uh, uh, when you first got to PGT, I'm looking forward to those luncheons coming back for the GCBX. It's always fun to mingle, make those relationships, which are key. Our sales team really values that relationship with, with GCBX. Uh, they keep meeting uh, folks, creating relationships, showing them what PGT does in the community, showing them our projects and products we have here mm -hmm. to, available to offer. So it's been, a, it's been a great relationship. So thank you. Thank you. So Jeff, can you tell us a little bit more about your upbringing or at least what brought you to PGT, your transition from the Hershey company to PGT and some of the intricacies that you faced when you first arrived at PGT, you know, yeah, you first arrived yeah, in sure. 2005. So great question. Yeah, so. I came, uh, timing's everything, right? So I came at the height of the market and, uh, you know, we of course bought a house in 2006, uh, oh. which was at the height of the market. Uh, but you know, I knock on wood here, or, or I guess I should, I should say, uh, pray about this because we actually got to sell that house, uh, at the height of the market wow. again. So we rode the entire cycle out, uh, and it was, it was phenomenal. But, um, yeah, I came here in 2005. Uh, I was recruited, uh, by the then owners, uh, private equity firm out of New York, JLL mm -hmm. partners. Mm -hmm. okay. And so they were looking to take PGT public. They had invested in the company. Uh, if you recall, if you were here in Florida back in 04 and 05, it was a hurricane alley. Yeah. Uh, yes, we had it was. four named storms in yeah. 2004 and three in named storms in 2005. You know, poor Charlotte getting hit by the last one in October yeah. uh, 2005 when I was supposed to start. So I'll never forget Rod calls me up and says, hey, you may want to, we're going to delay your start date, if, you know, a couple of weeks because we just had a, you know, category four storm hit Port Charlotte. But so I said, oh, okay, my wife will, you know, appreciate that one. <laughs> so we, uh, we delayed it to November, but yeah, so 04, 05, Hurricane Alley, uh, the company was growing fast, and the then owners, uh, the private equity firm out of New York, really thought to, you know, we, they weren't wanting to sell because it, mm -hmm. it was a great investment, but how can they liquidate and get some money? And we did that through an IPO in June of 2006. Mm -hmm. So I have to tell you, as somebody who lived in Port Charlotte through Charlie, when you mentioned it, I still got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Talk about knowing the values of good construction and good windows. Going through a storm like that, you suddenly appreciate those things. Yes, you, you definitely do. I think, uh, you know, again, the hurricane codes that were adopted by Florida. Florida was the forefront of adopting a stronger building codes. And that really is because of Andrew hitting Miami. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just devastating Homestead and Miami yeah. area. Uh, it really uh, put PGT, so to speak, on the map because we were there to help the uh, state write the codes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the, the challenge was to build a window that could withstand the same impact as a wall, like an outside, you know, yeah. uh, concrete cement block wall. And uh, it took about a year and a half to ultimately figure out. But uh, that window became Windguard was the first mm -hmm. impact mm -hmm. uh, residential window that PGT came out with and uh, protects homes, protects families. Yeah. I like to say, you know, there's a lot of window and door companies in the industry, uh, a lot of big ones, uh, but I will say we don't view ourselves as just a window and door company. We're more of an innovation company. Mm -hmm. So our products literally save lives. They protect valuables. 
they protect your home. If you're in that home, they protect you. There you and go. so we, we look at it a little different, innovative protection uh, versus just a standard window and door. And I think that reverberates through your customers. I mean, when we first moved here in 2004, my parents, as soon as, you know, that unfortunate year happened in terms of hurricanes, first thing they did is they went and they got impact resistant windows and that definitely left a mark on them right away. And they came from a country where hurricanes didn't exist. They saw the value instantly. They realized they needed this on their home in order to protect themselves, their family, their valuables. And I think that's reverberated through your mission statement at the end of the day is protecting families. Well, great. Thank them for the, thank you for the business. <laughs> thank them for the of business course. Uh, for me. And when you think about it and you touched on it a little, that impact may not be from the weather. It might be from somebody with bad intentions towards your home. So Very good point. Uh, and you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I should say, you know, the way certain, you know, society can go at times mm -hmm. is you can have more crime. Uh, and as crime escalates or, or uh, damages to homes escalate or there's rioting or, you know, people breaking in, that kind of stuff. Uh, these windows are meant to stop that. Uh, you know, we're meant to protect the home. And uh, we have several video footages from news uh, stations that have uh, caught people on camera trying to break into a uh, home, you know, like the security camera will catch just this one gentleman, he actually got a propane tank from the outside grill of the house. Wow. And he was just wailing at their door. <laughs> it, just, it, was, it wouldn't break. And uh, while that's unfortunate, the fortunate thing was the camera actually caught our sticker was still oh. on our own window right by the, right oh, yeah. by the door. It's just a, a great PG, blue PGT sticker. Blue PGT sticker. <laughs> and, oh, that got sent to me right away, right? So it's like... Great publicity. Know, great advertising. Marketing but, yeah, you can't even pay for it. The guy right? finally... Let go of the propane tank and jump the fence. There you go. You know, we don't want that to happen, but believe me, not. that's not why we want to sell our windows on fear. But if it happens, you want to be protected. It's exactly a testament right. of your products and their quality. We want to sell our windows on safety, basically, Absolutely. not fear, and it is a testament. So can you tell us a little bit more about the future of PGTI? And, you know, when we heard you speak at the BIA event, you had discussed how you guys wanted to progress a little bit farther into openings of all sorts, whether that be a fridge door or things along those lines. So can you tell us a little bit more about those future innovations that are on your roadmap, or at least in your plan? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, Florida's always been our home market. And mm -hmm. we, we, I would say we uh, have a good share of, Florida, of the Florida market, mm -hmm. impact market. We have several brands just in Florida, not mm -hmm. just PGT. We have CGI, which was our first acquisition yep. back in 2014. We have Windor. We have Echo, which we acquired just this year, yep. this past year in Miami. We have New South, which is a retail right. direct-to-consumer brand, yep. which we acquired last year. And so we have a great set of brands here in Florida and, and a very good presence. My goal is, is also to grow us outside that state. And again, not as a standard window and door. We want to be something mm -hmm. different. And so our first out-of-state acquisition was Western Window Systems. Mm -hmm. I acquired that company in uh, August of 2018. And so Right after Western, you became CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right, right after I did. Yeah, that's correct. And so Western uh, you know, you know, is a great area to expand. Arizona, okay. Colorado, Utah. You know, people move there. They're kind of mm -hmm. like people move to Florida, people move out west and retire out west. So I, I love that area. And so we bought another company we, just this year. We closed on it uh, in October mm -hmm. called Anlin Windows and Doors. Okay. And Anlin's in uh, Central California, Central mm -hmm. Valley. And they service uh, California, uh, Utah, and Texas, and Arizona. So my goal is to bring the Anlin brand into the Western family, and we'll have our, what we call our Western business unit. So mm -hmm. we basically nice. double the sales out there with that acquisition. So we are growing out west and growing tremendously uh, well. 
Uh, in the future, you know, three to five years out, I would say uh, I will look to openings in general. Mm-hmm. That's what we're good at. If there's a hole in a wall, we can fill it. <laughs> and so you can you, use your imagination from garage doors to, uh, you know, refrigerator doors, like I mm-hmm. mentioned in, in that, that conference you're, you're referring to, uh, to, to uh, uh, hangers, hangar doors for like airports and stuff. So we feel we got good door or opening, I should say, technology. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I could see us in three years expanding out into that uh, line of business or just indoor-outdoor living. Mm-hmm. That's also what we do, being here in Florida with our big sliding glass doors, opening yep, up the right. oceans or the golf courses, being out west with Western and their doors, opening up the mountain areas mm-hmm. and indoor-outdoor living. That's really grown big. And I think the COVID kind of scenario we've dealt with now going on two years uh, has really pushed that at-home stay. Mm-hmm. And you want your home to be great. You want your home to be upgraded. You want that indoor-outdoor feeling at home, right? And so that's really played well into our brands mm-hmm. and, and Western, their indoor-outdoor living uh, platform. And I could also see us going into uh, products, indoor-outdoor living type products, whether it's uh, stone in the future. If you mm-hmm. think you walk outside, you're going to step on pavers or stone. Uh, you may have decking you walk on or mm-hmm. a, you know, may have railing or a fence in mm-hmm. your yard. Think, think of it in terms of indoor-outdoor living products as well. And how do you see yourself positioning PGTI, you mentioned you guys have your biggest market share in Florida and you're slowly expanding across the United States. Do you have a plan on how you're going to position yourselves with some of the other big players that may already have a lot of presence in those states? Yeah, yeah we kind of do. You know, to be honest with you, that's part of our strat planning, strategic planning. Mm-hmm. We do that every year with my top executives and then the uh, vice president levels under them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we try to identify is the targeted regions we want to go to. Like we call them destination. Uh, states or locations. And and so if you take, uh, uh, for instance, New South, the New South brand, our goal is to open up more retail stores outside the state. So last year we opened up Houston, for instance. Okay. And also this year we opened up New Orleans. Now it got hit wow. by a hurricane very yeah. closely thereafter. So the store is not fully operational yet, but we're going to be in New Orleans uh, this uh, 2022. The first store we'll be opening is probably going to be Atlanta. We signed the lease for Atlanta, and we're building off that facility, cool. that retail location now. Uh, also in 2022, we're going to go to Nashville, wow. uh, Tennessee. So we're going to open up a store there. So that New South brand is a retail concept that we can push uh, across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's a direct sale to the consumer. So it's R&R. So you, you go into somebody's home, you sell them the package, the window package, and we install it. So we, we manufacture the window, we sell the window, and we install the window. It's oh. kind of cradle to grade. Full, A to Z. So we'll keep doing that, and obviously we'll keep the acquisition streak going. Like I mentioned earlier, we just closed Anlin last mm-hmm. month or in October. And, uh, you know, I'm still looking for that next uh, <laughs> acquisition for the dealer-distributor base as well. And that was actually one of our questions is it seems from the day you became CEO, you've just gone acquisition after acquisition. And has that been your plan all along or did you become CEO and see an opportunity to really grow the company at a exponential rate? It has been the plan all along, if I'm being honest. The first plan, uh, back when I worked with Coke, I used to work for Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember what I got taught is they had a saying, not in my backyard. And Coke was, was referring to Pepsi. So you oh. won't see a Pepsi in Atlanta. Basically, no. at one point, you couldn't <laughs> find a machine, right? They, they would say, not in our backyard. Sounds so, like John Saputo with Budweiser well, also. Yeah, <laughs> could, could be. That's exactly right. So, so you know, I came up thinking, oh, not in my backyard. So right. we wanted to dominate Florida. Mm-hmm. And so that was the acquisition spree we went on in Florida. 
really, I, I became president in 2014. We acquired CGI mm-hmm. down in Miami. Yep. That was our number one competitor. And we kind of slowly just progressed through Florida uh, up until a certain point where I wanted to go outside the state with, with, with Western. Mm-hmm. So. So I have to ask, particularly since you mentioned California, we have the good fortune in li- of living in Florida in such a business-friendly state, particularly under this governor. Yes, we do. Are there particular challenges out in California? Uh, you know, early on, yes, it's definitely different. Uh, th- well, first of all, thank you, Ron DeSantis. I want to <laughs> give him a plug, uh, making Florida an incredible, friendly workplace uh, and a place to live. Uh, California can have its challenges. Uh, more, more around the building code requirements. Uh, very aggressive uh, in what they put out in terms of their, uh, not just windows and doors, but emissions. Like, I think they made an edict that all cars in California will be electric by a certain year. They, they come out with these really uh, push-the-envelope type initiatives, yeah. and it forces a lot of regulations and a lot of change that you don't necessarily want. Uh, the labor market can be tight, uh, but mm-hmm. believe it or not, uh, California is our second largest state, right? So uh, you, you got to play in California. I mean, in and of itself, it's like, I don't know, like 15th or 16th largest economy in the world. It's, I mean, it's a, yeah. almost a country in and of itself. Right. So it's an incredibly incredible market. We just have to learn how to play in it. And I think, I think we have because it is our second largest market, counting Anlin and Western uh, window systems in there now. This is mm-hmm. their largest two markets. Uh, so if you add in Anlin to us, and, and now with the, that acquisition, it makes California our second largest market as a company. That's amazing. I still sense they could learn a lot from Florida. Oh, they could learn a <laughs> ton from Florida, no doubt. Right. No doubt. So really, um, it seems like anything you get involved in tends to grow quite a bit. You're also serving the community on the airport authority, and the airport has grown exponentially. Oh, that, the airport, I, I want to tell you, it's been, it's been an incredible honor to get appointed, first of all, uh, but, uh, to, and to be a part of that uh, team. Uh, but uh, the airport's got a vision, quite frankly. They got good, they got good leadership, mm-hmm. and I just I came on a board that's already strong. It was a strong yes. board, so great board members. And uh, yes, we have the number one growing airport in the nation. Yeah, wow, and, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it is it is amazing. And uh, there's tons of expansion plans that's been disclosed in the in the in the papers from adding additional uh, you know terminals to adding up more parking. I tell you, you really can't find a parking place if you go there Thursday or Friday. I mean, the the weekends are just slammed. So America's number one brand of windows and America's number one fastest growing airport. You have a thing for number ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you. Uh, Yes. And I can tell you, Rick, in the airport uh, uh, leadership there, they definitely have their hands full, but they're doing an incredible job. Yeah. So can you tell us if they're planning to add a little bit more hangar space as well? I know that's uh, <laughs> also very hard to come by, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that as well. Uh, again, they, they want to add. Uh, they're limited on what they can do because it's got to go through a federal government process as well and, you know, in, the, in the hoops there. But they are adding as fast as they can. They are going to add some more terminals, you know, terminal space, because the number of airlines coming in is just, yeah. uh, obviously, they announce one probably mm-hmm. every other week, it yeah. seems like, our, our new new destination. So. Uh, I continue to see the airport adding in the future, yes. And that's phenomenal for the local economy. Yes. Exactly. Between what PGT does for the local economy and what the airport does for the local economy, thank you for your involvement in both. Oh, you bet. I'm honored to, honored to run this company. It's an incredible opportunity uh, for me and my family has been, uh, and uh, just to be a part of this team that's grown like we have, and to be a part of the community. Uh, this is an incredible community. 
It's like a little yes. jewel, right? <laughs> and uh, you don't want it to change too much, but you want it to change because change brings opportunity and hope. So uh, what we have here in Sarasota is unique. Well, and you know, GCBX supports the local contracting industry, and you're our local window manufacturer. I mean, I remember when PGT came to town. So what you do for the local economy, the local industry is extremely important, well, even though you're growing nationally. Well, you'll always you. be that hometown company. Thank you. And that, again, growth creates complexity, but we never want to lose the uh, you know side of who we are, which is a family hometown company, uh, ultimately, even though we're trading on the New York Stock Exchange. You know, you want to... You want that feeling. That's why I still drive a truck and you know walk the floor and you know. <laughs> That's very important. Take hands for folks. You know, stay in tune with your happen. team. And can you tell us a little bit more about your team? We've had the pleasure at Avenue mm -hmm. to work with some amazing team members like Christy Sackett, Pablo Cern. I want to give them a big shout out because they're, we <laughs> they absolutely like love working with them. I'll give Debbie um, Lipinska a shout out since we're shouting out. <laughs> yeah, my so, chief human resource officer. She's wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit more about the hiring process or how you go about selecting these, these types of individuals that seem to all have the same positive mindset and workmanship that they contribute to your company? that they contribute to your company? Well, we really, you know, I'll, I'll credit HR for this. We really survey our folks uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say yearly, if not every other year, we take surveys on, why do you like to work here? And, and we take that information uh, and we try to digest that and use that in our hiring. Mm -hmm. So if, if they like family, if they, you know, so we make it a more of a family-friendly atmosphere. Uh, if they like working hard, you know, we were clear, we work hard, but we, you know, we reward hard. So, so we, we try to hire the right mindset coming mm -hmm. in. We don't want people thinking in a box. We want them thinking outside a box. Right. And uh, I, I read this uh, great book, Leadership and Self-Deception, and, and it discusses how, how you hire is important because when you hire somebody, when they first start, you think about it. When you first start a job, you want to you be involved in everything. You've got this great attitude. You're thinking outside the box. You want to help the company grow. And you want to keep that fostered in that individual. Of course. You don't want to create an atmosphere that kills that, you know, limiting growth. Well, we don't limit right. growth. You can, you can rise up through the ranks here at PGT. Debbie's a prime example. Debbie started out in the, as a customer service rep, uh, wow. you know, across the hall here from us. And now she's chief human resource officer. Wow. So, That's fabulous. so there's tons of opportunity. Uh, our, we just trained actually, I want to say 15 or 16, uh, truck drivers. We get, got them their CDL that we got them off our floor. Mm -hmm. And that's an immediate pay increase, an immediate value you're adding to their, their uh, career and their, their personal wealth. So, so we make those opportunities available. And that's what's key. You can't let somebody feel like they don't have a you know, place to go. It can't be a dead-end job. Uh, you got to have right. fun working. And we mm -hmm. like to create that atmosphere. I think one of the recent digital projects, at least, that we've uh, we've seen, you know, that has contributed tremendous success to PGT is Lead Match. You know, Pablo's told us a lot about how it connects a consumer with a dealer, and that's something you guys didn't have before. Can you tell us a little bit more about how PGTI as a whole and the different brands plans to evolve? Plans to excuse me, plans to evolve from a digital standpoint. Sure, and that's a, another excuse me, another great question. Uh, if you look at Lead Match, uh, we really. Uh, from a dealer distributor base, we, we never did invest a lot in how do you track down leads. When I bought New South, that's all they did. They have this lead generating machine. And uh, Amy and her team, Earl, uh, they developed lead match or, or, or lead tracking uh, software. And uh, we were able to take what they had done, and Pablo and his crew, and, and 
put it on steroids. You know, we exploded it. Yeah. And uh, now uh, we've exploded our lead match into uh, uh, gathering leads for all our dealers. Mm-hmm. But but the key is we can select which dealers we give those leads to. Right. Because you don't want to get give, you know, you want to be fair, and you don't want to overwork certain dealers. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, you want to treat other dealers, the loyal dealers, better. So if I got a dealer supporting five brands, I got a dealer that's just PGT, who do you think that lead's going to? So again, it's incentive, it's carrot for the dealer mm-hmm. to, you know, be loyal to PGT. And it's, it's been a great tool. I can tell you our dealer base loves it. Good. So I heard you mention you train CDL drivers, and obviously that's had a lack of CDL drivers had a big impact on the economy and the supply and supply chain issues. How has supply and supply chain issues affected PGT through the pandemic? Well, one is the lack of drivers is still having an impact, even as we speak, on the economy uh, mm-hmm. all the way across America. Uh, this whole port issue, when you have 65, 75 ships anchored out in port, uh, anchored out in sea, when you normally have 10. Right. Uh, it's because they can't get unloaded. And, you know, they can't get unloaded because you can't find drivers and containers and you can't buy trucks now. Right. I mean, it's just this rippling effect, yeah. right? And so uh, a lot of people don't know this, but PGT, we have about 100 tractors and about, I want to say, 220 trailers. So we're probably the, arguably, the third or fourth largest trucking company in the state of Florida. Ah. We own our own trucking fleet. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, we use it uh, as a touch point to our customers. We feel if our drivers are representing us, they're representing us with our customers, and that's a daily right. interaction. That You know, I can't see all our customers, but if we have drivers going out to visit and drop Marketing our products, tool. that's us. And we put our signs on, the obviously, the truck, so it's a moving billboard. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the trucking industry has been, uh, I would say, uh, very on uh, hot, on fire. And uh, I can tell you, a truck driver now is making uh, upwards almost six figures, which is which is great. If Absolutely. That's the market, and that's the market-driven economy. So if yes. that's what the market is, let's, let's do it. And so we at PGT, we did offer training for our own folks here so they could get that promotion and, and drive. Now, the supply chain in general, yes, has been very tough. Uh, labor has always been kind of tight here because we are the largest employer. And mm-hmm. let's face it, Sarasota is not a manufacturing mecca. <laughs> it, you know, it's a, it's a tourist, right? Yeah. Right. Siesta but also Key, the demographic. Siesta the Key age. Beach is uh, retirees. It's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's those type communities. And it's not where, uh, you know, heavy manufacturing is done. Right. So, you know, it's always been a challenge to, uh, to attract the right type of labor. But during this COVID environment, it's been even worse. Uh, you had a long period of time, and you know this is not a political statement, but anytime you pay somebody to stay home, you get the federal government paying people to literally stay home uh, via unemployment. Uh, you know, when we had jobs, it just made it tough. I, I mean, so we've upped our starting salary. You know, quite frankly, now we're fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the state of Florida passed the legislation, and they're going to be at fifteen dollars an hour. I think man, minimum wage uh, in the next couple of years. Twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six. And so, you know, we're trying to get ahead of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, thinking employer choice. But even with that said, it's hard to attract good talent. So we mm-hmm. offer the other benefits I'd mentioned to you, you know, earlier in the podcast. Uh, the other really challenging um, uh, impact on the supply chain is really the supplies themselves, like the glass yeah. or the balances or the hardware or, quite frankly, the aluminum. A lot of that stuff does come from overseas in in the raw form. Mm-hmm. So a lot of aluminum, a lot of raw glass comes from China. Let's let's face mm-hmm. it, and they will shut down a city, and so all of a sudden you're not getting aluminum, or my supplier is not getting aluminum, and if they don't get it, I ultimately don't get it. 
Uh, and that's in part because, again, if you look at what the United States has done, they shut down a lot of those heavy manufacturing, uh, aluminum, uh, gas, you know, the, the heavy manufacturing mm -hmm. type, uh, natural resource type uh, Might companies. be time to rethink that. I, I think it could be, uh, if, especially if, if this keeps going like it's going. But, but again, the supply chain has been impacted. Uh, you know, we get our balances and some of the hardware from Europe. And Europe's had its share of struggles, mm -hmm. uh, as well as Mexico. You know, mm -hmm. Mexico's had their share of struggles. And, and that just adds to what I call, uh, you, know, you know, a plant flow. So if you think about it, we're a custom-made-to-order plant. So every order we have has a hole somewhere yeah, in some state that we're servicing. Wow. It's not – we don't make stock inventory. And we promise a date. And so we'll reach out and we'll promise a date. Well, we may have 80% of the parts to make that order, but if we don't get a balance or if our glass supplier doesn't send us the glass, uh, we can't make the order. Or we right. can only make half of it. And so it's just created a, a log jam in the industry, but not just for PGT. No. I just read just two weeks ago in the uh, DMV, the uh, Window and Door magazine, that windows is the number one construction issue. Wow. Windows. And then mm -hmm. it, I think it's trusses and, and, and you know, wood type products. Mm -hmm. And then it drops down to other uh, products, but windows across the nation. And, you know, I think it's a combination of glass. Uh, being in short supply, uh, float plants, uh, not to get too technical, but glass ultimately has to be, be manufactured or made. And that glass is made from sand and, and several other chemicals. And that, that process is called float. It mm -hmm. goes into a float plant. There has been no float plants open up in North America since I've been at PGT for 16 years. Wow. They've been opened up in China. They've been opened up overseas. And so that whole uh, capacity for float has been limited. And that's limited the glass industry in general. And so that's been a big hurt. Uh, the other would be aluminum. You know, quite frankly, a lot of the aluminum demand uh, uh, has been uh, uh, curtailed because mm -hmm. of overseas uh, supply constraint issues. So would you say that your acquisition of Echo, because they had their own glass plant, was yes. one of the contributing factors as you saw COVID coming along? You know, I'm not exactly sure of the full timeline, but was that one of the contributing factors that pushed you towards the acquisition of Echo? Uh, yes, it, it, would definitely, it definitely was a, uh, a contributing factor. Uh, I'd known the owner there for 15 years, so oh, wow. it was a relationship. Uh, ultimately, I was going to try to buy it. Did, did, it, did it hurry that process? <laughs> and you could, yeah, it probably did. Uh, having the ability to uh, manufacture your own glass, meaning value add to that glass, you mm -hmm. know, buy the raw glass, but then insulate it, laminate it, the processes that make an impact. Having that ability in, in your backyard or at your control is definitely key. If we hadn't have bought Echo, you know, our main glass supplier that laminates our door glass, at times they were 10, 12,000 units behind. And, you know, you, we shut down lines. Yeah. You know, and then I have to call my customer. It's just, it just it's yeah. a rippling effect. Uh, so having that extra glass plant has definitely helped. And they'll be of huge support to uh, CGIC as well. I know we've been working on the transition between the two and the collaboration between the two. So that'll obviously. Well, yeah, uh, we're actually consolidating uh, from CGIC's old building into the Echo mm -hmm. uh, uh, commercial building. Yep. That's going on as we speak. Yep. It should be finished this month, actually. And so what are you uh, currently doing, at least as far as communication to your customers, if there are delays? Do you have any tools in your warehouse to facilitate the process or to make the tracking of the different components a little bit easier? Or are you in investing in any technologies like that that will facilitate your customer's life by having these updates? Yeah, I would say, and this is for my customers, we're not doing enough. You know, you know quite frankly, uh, we get calls 
you know, two days before. Mm-hmm. And so imagine a customer already having scheduled your home to, to be installed a month earlier and you call them and say, you know, 24 hours, hey, I just got, got word my glasses are coming. I'm going to reschedule your order. And the problem is we're so busy. In the yes. past, I could reschedule that order to, if today's Thursday, I could reschedule it to next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Now I have to reschedule that order to January because yeah. I don't, I don't I literally have no capacity. Uh, again, I'll say thanks to Florida, Florida's economy and Florida's governor. Uh, you know, the, the governor of, of New York is probably our biggest real estate uh, nation, <laughs> the biggest real estate let's, award in the let's nation. Let's give him a shout out. But, yeah, I'll give him a shout out. It's a she. He just, uh, you know, he literally just uh, uh, sent tons of people to us. <laughs> so, so the population growth in Florida has been astronomical. Helps me, granted, with houses mm-hmm. and repair and remodeling. But at the same time, it limits what you can do when you when there is a mistake, when there is right. a glass shortage, or when there is you know we make a mistake on the floor. It limits our ability to turn that mistake quickly mm-hmm. and fix it, and that's been the biggest challenge, uh, and the biggest I would say lack of communication, consistent communication on our part. Yeah, communication is important. So thank you for doing this podcast. Oh, you bet. <laughs> communication is key, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, again, I, we enjoy the partnership. It's been a, it's been a great uh, opportunity to be a part of it and see it grow. You know, yes. I mean, and like I said, I'm looking forward to to those dinners coming back. You know, They're going to be back, so it's going to be fun. And Jeff, I, I want to thank you personally on on behalf of our team at Avenue. You've given us a lot of work across a lot of different projects, and it's just been an absolute pleasure working with you guys. So thank you so much. Oh, you bet. You guys do an incredible job all the time. So thank you make you very us much. make. Make this old rugged face look halfway decent. You look great. No editing needed. I appreciate that. But thank you for supporting the local industry. You bet. It's huge having PGT as a partner. We always want to be there. Thank you. You bet. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you all.